Hey everyone, this is Megan from the city of Fairborn, and you're listening to Rumor Has It, the podcast that is meant to be a different approach to local government and an alternative way to learn about this community and one another. This week, I'm talking with Jeff Brock, the executive director of the Gala of Hope Foundation, which is a nonprofit that seeks to change the face of cancer in the Dayton region. The Gala Pope supports cancer patients, cancer treatments, and local cancer research in its drive to send cancer in our region into the sunset. With February being National Cancer Prevention Month, this was a great opportunity to talk with Jeff about what Gala does and how they support people in our own community and in our backyard. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Jeff Brock, and we were supposed to be together in December, uh, but Jeff had a really, really good excuse. A grandchild interrupted the schedule. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so if you say that's a good excuse, it is a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was a. I think that's the best excuse anyone has given me yet to not be on on the Rumor Has a podcast. Okay. Um, but Jeff is the executive director of the Gala of Hope Foundation. So welcome to the Rumor Has It podcast. Thanks, Megan. Great. Great. Happy to be here. And I have a fun little button here ready. Nice. Yeah. Undeserved, that? but I'll take oh, it. Oh, it's perfectly deserved. Yes. Perfectly deserved. Um, so, Jeff, uh, we have lots of things to cover, and I just want to start with uh, you telling uh, everyone in Fairborn a little bit about yourself, because I think you're a pretty amazing guy. Well, we'll see if we can make it an amazing story, but it's... Uh, Began in Columbus. Uh, I'm originally from Columbus. Um, spent my first 18 years there and then came to Cedarville College, now Cedarville University, in 1980. And uh, since that period of time, I've never left Greene County. This wow. has been home for that period of time. And it's been a great place to live and grow and raise a family and invest my time and my energy. And uh, graduated in 1984 and uh, was looking for a job. And um, my father at the time was well acquainted with the administration at Cedarville. So he said, why don't you go talk to the president of the college and say you're looking for a job and maybe something will come about by his contacts. So I did. And he said, you know, you might want to go down the hall and meet with the vice president for development. We just hired him and he's looking to hire people. Maybe he'd be interested in hearing more of your story. So I scheduled a meeting and ended up scheduling my interview. <laughs> and about two months later, I was hired in my first job at Cedarville College and was there for 23 years. Oh, wow. So for that reason, I'm still in Cedarville as a result of that tour. And, um, Came to the end of that 23 years later, and uh, there was a presidential change, and that always brings change uh, in all sorts of fronts, particularly in higher education. And I had done my tour in marketing and public relations and development and all sorts of other hats I wore. Um, but at that point, uh, thought the turn might be better for all of us. 
And uh, just so happened that my church, which is three blocks down the road, was uh, seeking a, an executive pastor. And I ended up uh, with them chasing me, quite frankly, and um, never anticipated becoming a pastor or a director in a church, but was. And I spent six, six years at Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville and uh, ended that tour and got back into fundraising and development by going to Kettering Health Network for seven years and had the opportunity to open Soin Medical Center in Beaver Creek and also serve at Green Memorial Hospital in Xenia, which then brought me into the Fairborn sphere. And as a result of all that, I was uh, asked to uh, serve on Fairborn's Development Corporation and have been involved ever since. But after I finished my tour at uh, Kettering, um, was really most energized by working with cancer patients at the hospital. And that's what drew me into Gala of Hope as they were looking for an executive director. And I've been there now five years. So that is my history. And married to a high school sweetheart. Aww. I have four boys, ages 32 and 30. And if you do the calculation, I gave you two ages, <laughs> but three of those are triplets. Oh my so gosh. that is our life there as well. And now two grandkids uh, as well. So that is Jeff Brock and I don't know if that's an amazing story, but that's how God has blessed me. No, I think it. I think it is amazing, and the fact uh, a that um, you you have triplets uh, for the record. That's in the span of all of that. Uh, that's amazing enough. Uh, and wow, my wife is the saint. We've kept <laughs> our sanity through all that as well, uh, but we'll claim it to be a blessing. And yeah. uh, when you don't think you have the wherewithal to Take on another day, you're blessed with the wherewithal to take on another day. So don't ask me about the first six months of their existence <laughs> I because imagine. I don't remember it. <laughs> I can imagine. And the first five years is probably a blur just as much as well. But mm. uh, yes, we are blessed. I can imagine. I think uh, one, any parent uh, would probably say the first six months are a blur. But when you've got three of them, uh, you, I think you get the first six years um, great. I'll take it. Uh, you know, grace, you know, it. and then, you know, maybe even more after that, you yes. know, times it by three. Uh, I think you're, you're golden for at least 18 years. So, so. triplets are one in every 10,000 births. That's oh my gosh. so people should say I should play the odds, but I'm there not that lucky otherwise, <laughs> but I was blessed there. Yes. Well, I didn't realize until I was reading, uh, some of your, your background on the, the Gala of Hope uh, website that one, you were a pastor um, and that too, you did uh, PR and marketing at Cedarville. I was like, man, you and I have more in common than I we realized. We do, yes. But that was pretty awesome. So if only you know, I can I can follow in such footsteps. You know, later in life, I would be so lucky. So um, I hope you outdo me. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I am a I'm a generalist, as they say, and I've had opportunity to do a whole variety of things yeah, and awesome. have a flavor for. Uh, much of that life. And uh, so I can tell you better what not to do than what to do. There you go. But God has always put me in spots that I thought I don't really deserve to be here, but I've been given the opportunity to do good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thankful. So tell me a little bit about just the progression from Green Memorial Foundation to the Gala Hope, since that's where you're now. And, and one of the reasons that I thought it'd be really neat to talk to you this month is this is Cancer Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. um, and you said, you know, you, you 
when you worked at Green Memorial and you went from that transition, you know, you, you started seeing the, the cancer patients and, um, and that's, I'm not correct, you know, that's what attracted you to the, to the Gala of Hope Foundation. Correct. Um, so when you're working in, in a hospital, of course, you see patients daily coming in and out those front doors. Yeah. But the cancer patients are frequent visitors, unfortunately. So you see some of those same faces, if not every day, a couple times a week. And the cancer centers, uh, unfortunately, have lots of traffic and lots of guests. Um, and it becomes a destination when you're involved in fundraising for healthcare because uh, cancer care is very expensive and very necessary. So I spent lots of energy and time and resource raising money for the cancer centers. And then hearing their stories make, became even more enticing. Now you add to it the pastoral background mm -hmm. to where you often just lend a listening ear to people who are talking through their journeys and are sometimes encouraging you more on what you can offer back yeah. to them. But you gain an appreciation for their fortitude and their resilience and their passion for life. And sometimes that's a renewed passion for life because it becomes more obvious how precious it is. So I spent a lot of time with patients and around the cancer center. And uh, Gala of Hope had started in 2014. And in fact, I had been involved with that as a volunteer for several years, uh, helping to support their events, uh, knew the founding family and the board members, and so was happy to come alongside them and do my part to help them do more for cancer patients. And some of their grants were coming to Green and Soins Cancer Centers as well. So it just became a nice synergy. And as they were continuing to grow and uh, I was developing more interest in this arena, eventually the path crossed, so to speak. And they said, would you consider coming our direction and helping us? So that became the enticement to be doing this full time and helping patients daily all across the region to uh, beat their cancer. Um, so one of the things that that I know when I first met you, I think it was when my husband was involved with Correct. Uh, the Pink Medic and doing all the stuff that the yep. firefighters were doing. Um, and that was, that was just an incredible thing when they started kicking some of that off. And one of the things that, that the Pink Ribbon Girls did mm -hmm was they would provide the meals for the cancer patients. Correct. And, you know, yeah. the, the funds that the Pink Medic raised went to certain organizations. Um, and I know that the Gala of Hope also ra raises money for various organizations. Um, can we talk about some of the organizations that you help support? Yeah, there's a whole cadre that are involved in the cancer care arena in, the, in our community. And when I say community, it's Greater Dayton. So it's certainly... Dayton proper, but we have so many suburbs and those we consider as part of the region. And so there are more than a dozen significant organizations and many that we call uh, tertiaries that form what I call this consortium of care. And so we have our one big arm wrapped around yeah. all the cancer patients in this community and all working together to make sure that resources are available and we're stretching our dollars to do all we can for cancer patients. So Pink Ribbon Good is one of those that we have partnered with and they do great work for women who are facing the female cancers, as we say. 
Uh, but there's others like the Noble Circle who is also serving in that arena. But you add Cancer Hope who is serving cancer patients in a social and in a emotional support way. Uh, you add all of Kettering Health, Premier, Dayton Physicians, Dayton Children's who are doing the actual medical care of cancer patients. And we work with all of them as well. Um, there are, are others, small and large. Breast Wishes is one that helps take care of breast cancer patients who are uh, not necessarily in the final days of their life, but they're facing some pretty challenging journeys, and they just give them a, a vacation or a celebratory moment in their life that they can celebrate with their families to create memories even while they're going through this. So there's a whole variety that we have helped bring to the table. In fact, we host roundtables with these groups so that we can talk uh, with one voice about how we serve together and how we don't uh, be redundant with the things we offer cancer patients, but fill specific niches and uh, seek to serve all cancers in a very common way. So Dayton is blessed, not just with a gala of hope, with, but a consortium of care that some other metropolitan areas don't necessarily take advantage of. They may have many people playing in that same arena, but for us to be singular and focus allows Dayton to be unique and to remind cancer patients, if you hear those words, you have cancer, there's every reason to believe that because you're in Dayton, your advantage is heightened because of what we all do together. Um, and we make sure that those are really uh, uh, as readily available to cancer patients as we possibly make it so that no matter where they're receiving their care, these organizations are all rallying around them as one. Yeah, I was really, I was really impressed with just the number of organizations that you guys help support and provide resources to and then have resources for, you know, the various patients that are out there. Um, I think the one of the ones that I was most impressed with was the Maple Tree uh, Cancer Alliance. Oh, yeah. Um, at Fantastic story like, there as well. This is uh, an organization that was birthed right here in Dayton. Dr. Karen Wonders is a professor at Wright State, had because of family reasons, really studied the arena of how exercise affects cancer patients and their treatment and how it actually enhances their survivorship and beating their disease rather than not. Now, you think that's counterintuitive, right? That uh, most would believe cancer patients should be right. taking it easy, rest, do all you can. But her challenge was, no, you you help the body to get more healthy and to beat your cancer by being an exercise, active exercise. And now it's an actual standard of care that's developed uh, across the continuum, birthed right here in Dayton, quite frankly. And we were able to support them uh, to be in all of the cancer centers here in this area. And now they're in 45 sites across the world as a result of what happened here in Dayton. But exercise, making cancer patients healthier to beat their cancer is just revolutionary. But it's a lot of cost savings and it's a lot of um, advantage that a cancer patient gains in yeah. beating their cancer that most would say doesn't make sense. Yeah, I just thought that was, in, that was incredible, one, that that exists and, and, and two, that it it happened here, you know, in this area. And the other one that I, f I found fascinating was that 
Dayton Children's Hospital has the region's first tissue bank. And yes. that was also supported as, as by a result of a gala. gala so here in the Dayton community, believe it or not, pediatric brain cancer is more um, significant than in some other communities. For what reason? We're not sure. But Dayton Children's Hospital decided that they needed to do more in this arena, as many patients as they were taking care of. And so we helped them to form uh, this research program, which helped them to attract some top surgeons to this area. And the first was uh, the Living Biobank, as it's called right now, to where every brain tumor that they remove um, is put on ice, so to speak. And uh, there are now 3,000 samples that are wow. kept here in Dayton. We're blessed that now uh, adult brain cancers are also being included in this biobank. And those samples are now being sent around the world for study and research. And Dayton Children's is now one of 16 research sites across the world as a result of this starting here. And again, most would say in little old Dayton. Yes, in little old Dayton. And uh, things are becoming so much better for these patients as a result of this program already. More children are surviving and beating this cancer. And as a a consequence or an advantage, more around the world are surviving this as a result of what's happening here. So we just started the uh, animal lab uh, as well. So they are testing on mice, uh, the reaction to treatments uh, that these these tumors are showing, which ultimately will allow them to do it in real time. So they mm-hmm. can test something on a, mi- a mouse before they test it on a child. Wow. But they're already finding revolutionary ways to treat these uh, brain cancers as a result of what we're doing here in Dayton. It's just, it, it really is amazing to me that you know, like you said, you know, it's, it's here and it's not, you know, world away. It's not, you know, in complete other areas of the country, but it, it's right here in our own backyard. And and your organization is helping, you know, fund these things so that, you know, treatments here can be supported and, and patients here can be, um, you know, helped, uh, you know, not not in other cities, not in other other communities, but in our own community. And I just think that's, that's fantastic. And one of the stats that I saw was Gail of Hope has given out $5.6 million. Yeah. It's now more than $6 million in 10 years. Wow. And we've touched 30,000, about 33,000 patients in those 10 years as well through the programs and the, and the support that we're involved with. Wow. And, um, this year is not only being our 10th anniversary, but it's just a recommitment to do even more than yeah. what we've done already in our first 10 years. What is what is the most rewarding part of this job for you? Quite frankly, the most rewarding is when you see the difference you have made in an individual patient. Uh, one of our programs provides direct aid to patients who are not only battling their cancer, but are facing a financial challenge because of that battle. Most don't understand that when cancer patients are diagnosed, their expenses, monthly expenses, go up by $800 a month immediately for the duration of their treatment. And most people are not equipped to be able to handle that type of pressure. And stress is not good anyway for cancer patients, but you add that type of stress, and it just causes more heartache, day to day in terms of just beating this disease. 
And so we have committed to providing aid to those who just find no other place to turn. And uh, because of the consortium we have, these caseworkers working with cancer patients know that we may be the last line of defense, but we're also the last line of offense. And we can often help bridge a gap for a patient to get them to their next step um, so that there is less financial suffering. So uh, we give away thousands of dollars a year to support patients and to receive those notes um, telling you the difference you made, uh, even to call you an angel, Mm -hmm. because for them, it really seemed heaven sent when they had nowhere else to turn and they're facing a mortgage that they can't pay right now, and they're facing a utility that they can't pay, and there's fewer groceries in their refrigerator and pantry. And all of that, why they're battling this disease, because they can't work. Mm -hmm. And they often struggle to get back and forth to treatment and get to those medical appointments. And they're just doing what they can to support their family while they do all this as well. And to be able to write a check when we hear about that need within 24 hours and pay those bills and relieve that stress for whatever period of time we can do it. And to hear their gratitude is sometimes overwhelming because you don't believe you deserve Mm -hmm. as much as they're sharing with you. But it's because of folks who support us that we're able to say yes every time those requests come to us. And that, to me, feels as when you're making the greatest difference uh, to a cancer patient is we've got them to tomorrow and we've got them to the day after tomorrow. And for them, they're just very grateful. Yeah, that's and I don't I don't know how I ask a question to top to top that. Oh, well, the, <laughs> but no, we're and blessed. I, and, and yeah, I can imagine like that's. It's got to be why you do it. I mean, just that's what keeps you in the in this whole arena. And we get a note like that almost every day. Um, and it's humbling, yeah. very humbling. But it's so rewarding to be able to turn to our donors and our friends and say, this is what you did today for someone else. Right. And you're doing it for your friends and your neighbors. This money is all staying local. It is not leaving this area to do anything and to staying right here to support someone you may know going through that journey. And what's also rewarding is someone coming up to us saying, you don't know this, but you helped my friend get through their journey. And they're saying thank you as well. And that's just as humbling as the patient saying thank you to you as well. I bet. So is this something where if, you know, let's, let's say somebody has has just found out they have cancer and they can they come to your organization and then you you point them in the direction or like how does that how does that work we encourage them when they face this diagnosis they have a a caseworker right in the cancer center that's assigned to them to begin walking this journey with them and they're very familiar with all that we can make available to this cancer patient but they also know that there are all these other resources that we are supporting that are also available to them. Um, One of the things we did a few years back is we pulled all the caseworkers together. In fact, we meet every year uh, just to stay familiar with each other and to remind ourselves that we are all on the same team serving these patients no matter where they're getting their treatment. And um, I'm stunned by the requests that go back and forth amongst this group almost every day that a caseworker 
from Dayton Children's is sending out an inquiry to everyone else with um, a need they may have for a patient and where can I find this? And immediately you have several others replying with, here's where you can find help for that one. So they all are very much aware of what they can do for the other and where GALA then can play a part as well. And um, it becomes really overwhelming some days to see how much that team is working together. And it, it almost seems like nanoseconds that help is on the way to fill another need for another patient. Even though I may be sitting at Dayton Children's, I can help someone who is also facing the same at Premier. And mm-hmm. that is the most rewarding part is we are all on the same team. It's not right. a competition to take care of cancer patients. Right, right. That's that's incredible that, you know, in, in, other, in other avenues of life, you know, certain organizations and certain businesses, you know, might be in competition with one another for various reasons. But there are certain times in life when we all can come together and say, look, bygones are bygones. You know, we need to work together for this one purpose. And and regardless, we're going to do it. Um, and that's it almost it restores your faith in humanity. <laughs> yes, it does. And we are blessed to be in a community that I think thrives on cooperation and yep. collaboration and uh, the walls are not even existence, quite frankly, as yeah. many as people may say, there is competition, not in this arena. There's not. Right. Um, we are blessed. And I know even though today 25 people in this community are going to hear those words, you have cancer, that I could say to every one of them, you are blessed by the people who will surround you in this journey yeah. because there are hundreds and hundreds who are cheering for you all over this community yeah. and are making themselves available to help you. So yeah. that's the reward of what I get to do every day. So you've spent quite a few years of your life working in the nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. What is it about nonprofit and nonprofits that are so appealing versus for-profit organizations? There's not much difference, quite frankly, uh, when it comes down to the operation of a nonprofit versus a profit business, but the mission is what drives me. Mm -hmm. And for a nonprofit to have a destination that is truly changing a life and truly changing a social construct, if you will, but making a difference every day, and you have an arsenal of folks who are rallied around that common cause to make that difference is rewarding. And whether it's a church or a support business or a cancer care organization, um, pick whichever one you believe motivates you, but to be driven to make a difference in someone's life. And yes, you, you certainly want it to be, uh, resourceful and self-supporting. So it's not that you're choosing needy organizations necessarily, but they're making sure that every dollar, that they gain is going right to do something specific for an individual or a family or a hospital or a cancer center is what's rewarding for me. And then, you know, I probably wouldn't have necessarily chosen this, but my first job was in a nonprofit and you start to understand the difference they can make. And that motivates you to stay in this work. Not only do you do a lot for 
the gay love hope and cancer patients, but Jeff, you do a lot for the city of Fairborn and, and for the city, uh, us here in general, you are on the FDC and you have been on the FDC for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, um, your role and how you have helped the city and just some of the stuff that you do for us? We are blessed to be in a community that is really all for one, one for all. Um, and even though I live in Cedarville, which is 15 minutes away from Fairborn, being a part of Greene County makes us mostly a family together, even right. though we are in our separate communities. So I'm, I'm all things Greene County. I will cheer for everyone equally. And when I had the opportunity, because I was at the hospital at the time serving Fairborn, to become involved in this community, and what opportunity is here, what history is here, yeah. Um, there is history all over the county. I was probably less aware of Fairborn at the time than other areas, but I had the opportunity to introduce Fairborn to all of the employees coming to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Now, some were coming from Fairborn, but others weren't. And so for them to appreciate the patients they would be serving from Fairborn made it more real to them in ter- terms of being a part of your community. Yeah. And uh, I was blessed to do that for seven years. And uh, then being able to work with Fairborn on taking advantage of economic development and economic opportunity became even more rewarding because I could add to the legacy of Fairborn and become involved in bettering this community, which was bettering the county and actually bettering the region. Uh, So that's how my connection started in 2015 with being a part of the Fairborn Development Corporation. That was a few years ago. And learning economic (laughs) development. Uh, Again, I'm a generalist, and so you get familiar with many parts of uh, what drives an economy, from the business community to the social supports and the emotional supports and all that. Um, And it just allowed me to be more well-rounded and to appreciate another avenue by which you better a community and make it more vibrant. And there's a lot to celebrate in Fairborn. And I hope in the next few years, there'll be even more to celebrate by the things that I know are being cultivated right now. Absolutely. You know, you talk about, you know, learning about various things and allowing it to to make you more well-rounded and, you know, just understanding your path and where it's taken you and and thinking about, you know, my own path. And, you know, I, I completely agree with you because, you know, five years ago I had I had no idea about this world of, of government service and what causes water lines to break. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting, mm-hmm. the things that, that take you where you go and the people who you're going to meet and, and talk to. And, um, it, it really is the journeys in life that I think, you know, give us such meaning and, um, it's just, just fascinating. I, I celebrate this community, which Fairborn and beyond through Greene County, if not into Dayton, uh, because of the people I've been able to interact with. Yeah, and absolutely. you get to rub shoulders with people who are just as passionate about it and do their part in the way that God equipped them best to do it. Yep. But it is what makes us so rich is because of the people we get to be involved with every day and see it play out even in the smallest of ways, but the giving and the generosity is what I get to observe almost every day. But that happens 
over and over again in so many different arenas. And it's what makes us good. Yeah. Um, and I'm a believer in our county and I'm a believer in our municipalities from east to west. And uh, there are no better people than, quite frankly, what we get to experience with friends and neighbors here and Fairborn being among them. Yep. We've we've said it multiple times on on this this podcast and in this arena that you know the people in our community in Fairborn and and really I think you know we can even extend that to Green County you know this community and and larger is we are some of the most giving people and I I know you've probably seen that with the Gale of Hope and I think that that to me is is what gives the people who you see probably the most hope is that they know that there's resources out there and they they know that there is hope coming in at least the financial aspect and the, the things that they can have access to. Um, and just whether it's people giving of their time, their resources, their finances, their, you know, emotional support or just their physical support, you know, we are a community that will give until we can't give anymore. And then we're going to go that extra That's mile. Right. Yes. Um, and it, I love just sitting back and watching it happen sometimes um, because it is a beautiful thing to see. And uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. When I you said it. remind people that uh, if, if you aren't feeling hopeful or you're not feeling grateful, um, if you become a little more proactive and offering hope and gratitude somebody else yeah it will actually increase in your own life yep. uh, because you do reap what you sow uh, and I'm so happy to be around people that just ooze it every day mm. no matter where they are and when you call them there's not a hesitation to yes I can help and that's not always because they can give a dollar it's because they have a pickup truck that they can put stuff in that they're going to take over to a cancer center on the other side of town and are just as quick to do it as anything. Um, because I think they recognize I'm just a steward of the life I've been given and I'm paying it forward every day. And uh, I can't say that every community is like that, but we are blessed to be in one of them. We certainly are. Do you offer volunteer opportunities at the Gale of Hope or is it through the other organizations? We are growing in our volunteer opportunities, but I would say um, we often connect them to the other organizations who are okay. really the front lines and the hands and the feet of that service. But we are discovering more that uh, can be helped okay. if we connect them to the appropriate resource. Um, I'll tell you a story. We became very much aware of an elderly lady who heated her home by wood stove mm. and she was going through breast cancer and uh, her need was, I just need to be able to get the firewood into the house a couple of times a week and keep my stove loaded with wood. So we connected with a gentleman that we were working with on another project and said, this lady lives a mile away from where you work. Um, would you just stop by a couple of times a week and make sure she has wood in the house? Well, that turned into such a rich relationship. He was not just stopping by to load wood he was just stopping by to check on her oh, wow. and to do that other little petty chore that might need to be done um, and developed a very rich relationship with this uh, cancer patient and became a very significant part of her journey just taking care of wood 
So we are hearing more and more of those and uh, are connecting them to friends that we're aware of. And um, I can't say that we have a volunteer network sure. per se, but if someone says I'm available to help a cancer patient, let us know via our info address on okay. our webpage and we'll be happy to add them to the host of people that uh, are available to us. Awesome. And I'll, I'll make sure that I put all of that information in our show notes so that people can have access to Great. it. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that uh, you want to make sure that we add so that people know about it? About you, yourself, Gayla Hope? We're always uh, inviting people to support us. Certainly visit net and read more about what we do and uh, all the resource we provide to this community. We're uh, very intentional that the strongest portion of every dollar given to us goes right to a cancer patients or to their support. And uh, my colleague Robin and I get to take care of cancer patients every day as a result. And when there is a need, uh, we can be called and say yes. And um, so if folks want to join us in our mission, there's certainly ways to donate and be a part of that, uh, no matter the dollar amount. It's going to make a difference, and you can see on our website just exactly how it will help. Jeff. Megan, thank you very much. Thank you, yeah. This has been awesome. I hope we turn some uh, of my, lem- my lemons into some lemonade oh for goodness. your listeners. No, uh, you but we awesome. are blessed, and uh, thanks for all you do for Fairborn and the region. You or your husband are doing great things along with your family, and you're just a part of the family that uh, we find so rewarding here in Fairborn in the county. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate those words, and I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. It's It's been fantastic. Happy to do it. Thank you very much. Yep, thank you. All right, I just have a few updates for you this week. We have the high school musical this weekend. It is the Drowsy Chaperone this year. You can see it on Friday at 7 p.m. or Saturday at 7 p.m., Tickets can be purchased at the high school's website, and I will put the link in the show notes for you. Also on Saturday is the last game, basketball game at Baker. You can, if you're an alumni, they have something going on in in the auxiliary gym at 6 p.m. I think it's activities, refreshments, Uh, so you can go there in the auxiliary gym at 6 p.m. And then the basketball team plays Bellbrook. Uh, the varsity starts at 7.30, and I believe they're doing tours of Baker as well, so you can check that out. It's the last game, basketball game ever at the Baker Field House. So if you're interested in that, you can go check that out. Uh, just a reminder, we talked about this on last week's podcast, that the Cribs for Kids event is February 22nd at Firehouse Station 2, which is at 2200 Commerce Center Boulevard from 1 to 3 p.m., Again, if you know somebody who will need a crib for an infant, all they have to do is go to that event and listen to about a 15-minute presentation, and they can get a free crib along with a bunch of other uh, necessary items for an infant, and they will be all set. Again, that is hosted by the fire department, Green County Public Health, Montgomery County Public Health, and uh, Dayton Children's Hospital is going to be there and a couple other entities. So it will be just a really good event for our community. And uh, if you have any other questions about the event, you can contact our fire department um, or you can, again, listen to the podcast from last week. It has a lot of other good information on it. 
On February 25th, there will be the second annual uh, fashion show, which is pretty cool. It's going to be at Kingdom Purpose Ministries, and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can access more information. So uh, there's going to be a fashion show at Kingdom Purpose Ministries, and it's going to start at 3 p.m. There's also going to be uh, an art showcase starting at 6.30, from 6.30 to 8.30 at the main house. Uh, so on February 25th, there's going to be kind of a, a fashion show. This is the second annual. So if you came to the fashion show that happened last year, it was uh, kind of kicked off by the African uh, boutique last year. Um, there's going to be the second annual one of those at Kingdom Purpose Ministries at 3 p.m. on February 25th. Uh, then there's going to be an art show uh, showcase at the main house from 6.30 to 8.30. So that'll be pretty cool. February 28th is Fairborn Night at Wright State. Uh, so we want to pack the house full of Fairborn people, Fairborn uh, colors, uh, Fairborn community. We want to make sure that Fairborn is well represented that evening. Uh, and you can actually get a discount on your tickets when you go to purchase them online if you use the promo Fairborn all caps. So tickets are five bucks, and uh, but you got to use the promo code for that. So Fairborn night at Wright State University on February 28th. Again, we want to pack the Nutter Center, so make sure you go get your tickets for that. Uh, February 24th is the next Citizens Forum. I believe that is the date. Let me double check my phone. Uh, sorry, February 20, February 24th is a Saturday. That is definitely not the Citizens Forum. February 26th, my apologies, is the next Citizens Forum. Again, that's an opportunity where you as the citizen can come and uh, talk with the mayor, uh, give him ideas, give him suggestions, offer questions, ask questions, just talk with other council members that may be there Um listen to conversations that are happening. Sometimes we'll have a guest speaker. Sometimes there'll be a topic. Sometimes it will just be a, an open forum for communication and conversation. Uh, this time it's going to be at the Fairborn YMCA. Doors will open directly at 6 p.m. because there is a prior event happening. So if you try to get there at 5.55, the doors will be closed. So they will open right at 6 p.m. So please come at 6 p.m. if you are wanting to be, be part of the Citizens Forum. And on the 26th, we will have a guest uh, speaker there. It's going to be County Engineer Stephanie Goff. She's going to give some updates on what is happening with some of the roads in the county, some of the bridges, and where everything is at. And my last announcement there's another kind of event happening um, on March 1st through the 3rd. Uh, the Fairborn Theater, um, or the Actors Theater, I should say, not the Fairborn Theater, the Actors Theater is presenting Barefoot in the Park. And uh, from the looks of things, from what we've seen online, it looks to be just a great performance. And the Actors Theater and the participants that put on the shows there just do such an incredible job. We always encourage the community uh, to go and support the Actors Theater and the actors and all the support personnel that help put on the plays uh, to go and, and see those because um, they do such a fantastic job. Uh, but the, the one for the, the spring coming up is called Barefoot in the Park. So it's March 1st through 3rd, and you can currently buy tickets. And again, we'll put the link in the show notes for that. So that is all of my announcements 
for this week. I know it was a lot. Uh, so you got the High School Musical this weekend. You have the last game at at Baker this weekend. We've got the Cribs for Kids event on February 22nd. Annual Fashion Show, the second annual fashion show on the 25th. We've got the Citizens Forum on the 26th, Fairborn Night on the 28th, and then Barefoot in the Park on the 1st through the 3rd. So you've got lots of things that you can be excited about coming up uh, in the month of February heading into March. So you should not be bored, Fairborn. Lots of fun things and lots of awesome things to do. So get out there and go do them and have a good time doing it and support your community, support support, uh, the students, support uh, your fellow uh, community members. So that's really about it. So thank you uh, for joining us this week on Rumor Has It. I again want to thank uh, Jeff for joining me and just all the the things that the Gala of Hope is doing because they're doing some incredible things for the individuals who are dealing with cancer and the struggles and uh, all the just the hard times that I might be going through. Um, and not only the people in our community and the larger area of Green County, but just the Dayton region, um, the Gala Pope is really extending out to, to touch lives much further. And that is so awesome um, to know that, that it starts here, but you know, it is extending further. Um, and that's pretty cool. Um, but make sure to visit us at uh, rss.com slash podcast slash rumor has it, uh, or you can find and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, because we would love it uh, if you would give us a review or simply just tell a friend about the show, because that would help too. And not only does that help us, but it helps get the word out about events. It helps get the word out about uh, our guests and whatever they have going on. Uh, whether it is to share a message, whether it is to share a story or even just who they are, um, that really helps out. Even if it's just telling a friend about the show, um, it really just gets the word out. Um, so, yeah, that's about it for this week. And uh, we hope that you have an awesome weekend and we will talk with you uh, next time. So we'll see you later.